Hi everyone, Blake here with a special announcement before we get into the episode. We're doing a viewer's choice movie special for our second episode later in November. If you have a pre-2000s movie you love, or an old movie you've never seen before, but would be interested in hearing more about, let us know. You can reach us on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Podbean channel, or our YouTube channel. Just look for Vintage Cinema Rewind, basically anywhere you can find a podcast. I'm really excited to hear what you come up with. Alright, now back to the show. Welcome to VCR, a Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. I'm Jason. And uh, we're back for the Halloween special. Yeah, super pumped. Yeah, Great my, time of the year. My favorite time of the year? My favorite time of the year for movies. I watch a lot of movies in October. Yeah, yeah. You, you have like that whole box set to go through. Yeah, yeah. I should mention that actually, that I, I found uh, at Walmart this 10 horror movie box set. Um, I'm about halfway through it now, I would say. We've lots watched, of good classics on there. Yeah, lots of good classics. Some maybe interesting choices on a few of them. Like they picked Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but like the 2003 reboot and oh, not the yeah. original. A couple of those <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. like... All right, whatever. But it's still like it still came with like The Shining and The Conjuring, The Lost Boys, which I I'd never seen before, and I guess you hadn't even yeah, heard. Of. I really enjoyed um, it. Cool '80s vibe to it. Nice. And so we kind of went uh, like somewhere out of the way with this one. It's yeah. not super well known, but it's a it's fitting for this time of year. It's a little creepy. Yeah, we've got uh, the 1997 Canadian film Cube. And I think you've got the plot summary ready to go for it. Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah it's uh, an all-Canadian cast, but not really a Canadian theme to it. It just <laughs> happens to be Canadian-produced and everything. So six people wake up in uh, different cube-shaped rooms. Each has six exits, but they soon find, as they open up certain exits, that uh, some of the cubes are booby-trapped. They find that... The traps are not the only thing they have to worry about. Yeah, the theme of six here is uh, very relevant throughout the movie, which is obvious uh, when you're dealing with a cube. It's probably obvious to get, yeah. kind of connect those. And then like um, the, there's like six 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 is one of the numbers that happens to yeah. be involved. So there, they went a pretty cool way with having the math element in this so. yeah they're the basically the characters have to come together to solve like how they're going to get out of this cube shaped labyrinth essentially yeah. um and there's a lot of math involved in and how they're going to escape and everything and and different kind of calculations that uh that they have to work out to solve this puzzle yeah and it's not super obvious it, so each um each of the characters kind of going into plot but each of yeah. the or character description each of the characters kind of has a different skill set and they just find that out because they're all trapped here and uh like one of them is a doctor who is like we'll we only have like so much time before we're so exhausted yeah and dehydrated that we can't function anymore yeah because that's another interesting thing going into the film is that maybe in other films of this similar genre um the characters are given opportunities to find water or food one way or another and mm -hmm. in this it's it's really in this like like i don't even know like corporate kind of cubicle uh, not cubicle, but like cube shaped rooms. There's nothing there. Like they're, yeah. it's very industrial. That's yeah, the word I'm yeah. looking for. And there's no food or water ever presented. So we're really on like a, a very short timeline for these characters to escape. And, and this movie gets started quick. Yes, it hits the ground running. And I really, really loved how this film picks up and and kind of 
really tosses you into everything quickly and and things move at a very brisk pace for the first half at least i would say um so let's talk characters and people you may know because you started to allude to some of the characters and their specialties um i would kind of want to start with quentin the cop he kind of takes the lead on the situation he's uh kind of our our first character to kind of like maybe latch onto as the maybe one of the protagonists of the mm-hmm. film or main protagonist yeah of the film. he's trying to give ever like have everyone think about what they have to live for and he's like just think about that and we have to keep going like, yeah just keeping everybody motivated and, yeah. and everybody connected as a team looking for like the strengths of each person to try to figure out how they can as a team get through this together and and analyze the uh, scenario and that's actually one thing that i quite enjoyed about the film is that the characters themselves i wouldn't say are ever stupid like everybody makes interesting like well thought out decisions um in terms of like how to escape or how to work together and stuff like that that's sometimes something that in horror movies can be like a little bit more contrived yeah like it's there's not that whole like no don't go in there like Mm. that the audience is yelling at the characters and then they're like oh wonder what's in here like yeah exactly they're very aware of their situation and it's kind of like somewhat realistic about how like six people might react differently to this absurd crazy scary situation yeah, and so uh, as we talk about each of the actors, too, I've got a few actors that have some interesting connections here. A lot of them have connections to TV shows and specifically uh, TV shows in the same sort of genre, like the sci-fi, maybe even horror elements uh, in the TV shows that they're related to. So the Quentin is played by Maurice Dean Wint, uh, who plays August Ripley on the sci-fi channel show Surreal Estate, which I'd seen <laughs> advertisements for but i haven't seen myself um it's currently on the sci-fi channel though so if you've been paying attention to that you might have seen him on there he has a very long uh acting history like he's he has 101 acting credits yeah he he's appeared in a lot of smaller roles i would say like i didn't see a lot of roles that i knew him from he does look very familiar and like his acting is actually really good like that is one thing that i'll say for the most part like for a small canadian production these actors portray the characters really well yeah he was in suits for i think one episode yes he was in suits for one episode I, like it's hard for me to like bring up like the one-off oh, episodes yeah, yeah. kind of thing because it's like oh it's not where you, you would remember? really know him yeah, yeah exactly so I, I look for when i'm trying to prepare for this like the more depth in their roles basically yeah the next character I want to talk about is Levin, uh, who plays a gifted math or who is a gifted math student. And the group really relies on Levin to kind of help them navigate the rooms as they kind of start to decode the their, puzzle. Yeah, yeah, the puzzle around them. So Levin is played by Nicole DeBoer, who is an actor who was a series regular on the Dead Zone TV series. Uh, she played Sarah Bracknell Bannerman. That's actually a Stephen King novel that was adapted into a oh, TV series in the awesome. early 2000s. That's a pretty good rating, too. I haven't checked it out, but it's on my list, actually, to watch at some point. Anyway, the next character is Worth, who is an office worker uh, with maybe a little bit more of a colored past uh, than we're initially given. Mm-hmm. Um 
He's played by David Hewlett. David Hewlett was actually in some larger movies. The Shape of Water, he played Fleming, which I haven't seen that one yet. I am a Guillermo del Toro fan. Yeah, but. I haven't seen it either. That would That's kind of like on the Guillermo list. Yeah, like, exactly. You definitely watch that if you're going through all of his stuff, but yeah. He's, a, he's in Rise of the Planet of the Apes as Hunsicker. The new Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I really enjoyed right. I haven't actually okay. finished yet, but... I, I'm a big Planet of the Apes fan. I'm a yeah, big sci-fi I, fan in general. So. I loved all the old ones, and and like the new ones are fun. Like yeah. they're they're pretty good. They're well done. Yeah, exactly. They're Enough. debatably more well done than most of the original films. Yeah, but like <laughs> given the time different, like but they could have they could have just butchered them and they didn't. Yeah, so they, that's they good. did a very injurious take yeah. on those. Anyway, uh, so he also played. In Stargate Atlantis, he was Dr. Rodney McKay, another series regular on that, which is another popular TV sci-fi show, uh, and Tormada in C. So he's actually a series regular on the Apple TV show C. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've so, seen that. Okay. Uh, so a relatively large actor um, that he, he became. Actually, we should probably talk about Worth the character a little bit more because worth is definitely the pessimist of the group um he doesn't have a whole lot of hope left in him even like leading up to them waking up in the situation of Mm. the cube and Um, he woke up with an injury the like we're introduced to him with an injury and then he kind of stays like like down and day like phased out or yeah dazed i guess Yeah. yeah and he's and he's cagey and he like he just doesn't see a, a point or a reason to even bother him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not offering too much insight or anything. No. Um, he just has nothing left. Yeah. And so he, so him and uh, Quentin kind of go head-to-head a little bit just because they're on opposite sides of that spectrum, the pessimism and optimism spectrum. Yeah. He's like, like, Quentin's like, think about what you have outside that will make, like, make it worth continuing in here and and fighting and he's like what am i what would i fight for yeah he just doesn't seem to really care the last character that i'm going to talk about the actor with is the character of ren who as we find out very quickly is an escape artist having escaped seven prisons in the past a very intriguing character i was really excited to see this character on screen um and excited to see where this character went in the film (laughs) um he's actually plays mike hammer in the red green show uh i don't know if you watch that show yeah i watch that show all the time i I wouldn't remember the guy and like i'd have to look at him again um yeah i missed that that's funny it was it was really funny because i was like i know this actor and that was actually the performance that i knew him from (laughs) um rounding out our group of six is holloway who plays the doctor as you mentioned before and Kazan, who is the final character that we meet, who he's mentally disabled, but he, we learn pretty quickly, uh, has some significant uh, mental, mental capabilities, capabilities yeah, yeah, yeah. that help the group further through the queue. The director of the film is Vincenzo Natale who kind of after this does a few other interesting films in the genre. Uh, most recently did In the Tall Grass, which is the hmm. Stephen King adopt- adaptation on Netflix, which I enjoyed. It's a pretty decent movie. It's not like the worst Stephen King adaptation, not the best one I've ever seen. It's based on a short story. So kind of plays out like in a similar, similar like hour and a half kind of film like this does. Um, okay, yeah. And then he also 
uh, directed several episodes of shows that I've recently watched, uh, like the new version of The Stand TV miniseries, which was bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, He directed a few episodes of Lock and Key, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard is really good. It is... There's issues with it, but it's overall great. Mm. It's a great concept and fairly well done. Yeah, he uh, directed a few episodes of Westworld, which I love seasons yeah. one and season two of. Uh, the Strain and rounding out that list, Hannibal. So pretty well-known, profound TV director. Also did the movies Splice and Cypher, which have mixed reviews. I think Cypher was the better one of the two of those, but both actually pretty mainstream movies with a mainstream cast to them. So if uh, you're a fan of like genre horror, I think his movie category or or even if you're become a fan of this movie there might be something more to dive into with his philosophy nice uh so who is this movie for i think there's a really interesting audience for this movie i almost want to say that it's in like a sub-genre of horror which is like escape the situation or like escape uh that's almost all horror horror yeah yeah and I think I think it's more. I think I don't think it is just a subgenre. Like it, it is in a certain way because it's not su- like supremely horror focused. Yeah, horror is an aspect of this, but it's not exactly like the central thing. Ah, it's it's tough. It, it it's in its like little niche, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's got that niche, and and the people who are gonna like it, I'm gonna name out some kind of movies that have uh, come out since, and some of them uh, fairly recently. And if you're interested in any of these movies, I think you, I think there's something here that you're gonna like about this one. The main one I'm gonna actually mention that you and I both really enjoy is the platform. Yeah. I think you can probably connect these two a little bit in in terms of situation yeah quite a bit actually that's a very very good comparison yeah but again not many people have seen platform and they should yeah you and i have been talking about the platform for a couple years now our buddy kelvin massive fan of the platform and so i think he would actually really enjoy this movie as well because of its similarity in in theme and plot and yeah. story and the feel yeah and like, the feel yeah like, exactly there's also the movie circle on netflix uh my cousin recommended it to me and I, I watched it probably last year i think i remember seeing things about it plays out very similar to the platform it's kind of like a uh social commentary a little bit maybe not as uh in depth or not as much depth to it as the platform but it was still a pretty enjoyable uh situational horror kind of film i think the saw franchise isn't a huge leap uh from this and yeah i, I imagine there are aspects that the directors of the saw franchise maybe even watched this film prior to coming up with the idea and and incorporated aspects yeah. of it into that yeah because the traps are saw-like yeah but uh the rest like yeah, it's different in many ways, but there there are commonalities. Yeah, there's commonalities. There's there's enough commonalities between all of these that I I think we can recommend it to the audience of those. And and because of this film's history and its relative uh, obscurity and how how small of a cult following, but a cult following nonetheless. Yeah, there is. I think. The fans of that kind of subgenre are really going to latch onto this. I think the, if you're the closest thing, like, like Squid Game, is kind of yes, like I yeah, it's similar. Like it, yeah, it's similar in tone to Squid Game. Um, not as, as don't expect as craziness, yeah. like as much craziness as Squid Game because like 
there's so many people and so much action in that where this is a little bit more of a slow burn where like Mm -hmm. you're thinking throughout it a little bit they try to get you there yeah to evoke that sense of uh of kind of trying to figure out the puzzle along with the group kind of thing i think it's not a stretch to say if you're a fan of the black mirror series as well this kind of plays out like a bit of an extended black mirror episode yeah and actually i think i did see that it was somewhat inspired by a certain twilight zone episode yes it was which i will talk about later when we get to the sequels prequels and reboots again yeah there's so many movies that are it's comparable to so if you like that kind of subgenre I'll, I'll allow it now yeah. um then yeah this is, could be for you yeah it's it's horror with a sci-fi alternative universe kind of twist to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. when to watch so where i would put this is actually as maybe a double feature night so you've watched one movie yeah. and then this is kind of the second uh late night kind of film in your your double feature I think I might put this first as like a a warm up mm. to something that's a little more intense. Okay. Yeah, it depends on how you want to go about your night, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is is I guess uh, how you want to go about your night. Yeah, like this one like leads up I think to something that might be like a if you're to watch like a huge pinnacle type horror movie, mm-hmm. this would like lead you up to that in like a fun way and. It's- might get you thinking about what's going on in the next movie like a little deeper see and that's where i was thinking like i actually maybe want like a scarier film to start and then this one to kind of make me think a little bit more before i go to bed kind of thing yeah yeah Um, either way yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you and i seem to have our preference to how we want to watch our double feature night but uh, i think it's a pretty good one to slot in sometime around halloween around now yeah like Uh, if if there's ever a friday the 13th well maybe not that exactly but like during october like a double feature night then would be pretty fun yeah exactly where to watch? It's not currently streaming anywhere, so you're going to have to uh, maybe find it uh, through alternative means. As maybe find a DVD somewhere. Yeah, that'd be cool. A v- VHS, I'm sure it's on. I did see somewhere that you can find a box set of the trilogy oh, of Cube movies. So. Yeah, that would be probably the easiest way and the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Unless definitely. you're going to go illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's probably it for our spoiler-free section of the episode. I think. Yeah, like there, it, this movie starts so quick that the spoilers are instant, basically. Yeah, like I, I had a really time, hard time talking around a lot of things there, and it's almost a disservice to know some of the plot points that are going in especially with your enjoyment of the film so i think this is definitely one of those films where i would say if you're at all interested in this and the idea of the cube check it out before you listen to the rest of the episode yeah definitely so I think we're going to take a little bit of a different approach this time and we're going to do a little bit more of a plot discussion of the movie because I think you and I kind of talked before the podcast and we, I think both have aspects of the film that we really enjoyed and that maybe there's some pitfalls that you and I didn't enjoy as much. And so I kind of want to dis- dissect those a little bit before we get into kind of the background. Like let's do mm. a little bit of a, uh, in front of the camera dive before we get behind the camera. Yeah, that's fair. What did you think of that cold opener of 
the character kind of running through the uh, maze and getting brutally murdered in our our opener to that, what the cube is. That was like if you want to set the scene, that just they nailed it. It w- reminded me of like the opener to every Game of Thrones book and how there's a character that just immediately gets murdered yeah, in one yeah. way or another, and that's kind of the hook. And yeah. for for this movie, it was the perfect hook to get mm. us interested in and get us an idea of what we were to expect going yeah. into this movie. Um, it's definitely the most brutal of of kills in yeah, this film. Yeah. And so he just gets sliced and diced apart, basically. Yeah, which actually is referenced later in Rick and Morty in an episode. Where yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of a direct reference to that, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Enough. I didn't I didn't connect that, but I definitely, like, when I saw that I, on Rick and Morty, I was like, oh, I, I know where that's from. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you had seen this movie before. Yeah, it's, um, I watched it probably, like, early 2000s, and so, like, not right when it came out. I was only six then, but, or, mm. no, four. But, um, yeah, so I watched it, again, I was probably, like, 12, 13. Yeah. And it was pretty scary then and um like i don't even know it was so long ago i only have like brief memories that i don't know if i watched the whole thing through yeah so after that we're kind of introduced to our our main cast and each of them wakes up in their separate room uh over time they kind of coalesce come together and the character of ren which i kind of briefly mentioned before i really wanted to talk about him because in my mind he was the most compelling character out of yeah. all of them he had the most interesting backstory I he really had a, liked he had a nickname like yeah. he's so he was a, a french escape artist mm-hmm. from like he escaped seven prisons yeah and so he was like this is nothing yeah. like i'll figure this out just uh like just all you have to do is keep your head down and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And he comes up with like this whole plan about how they're going to check the room for traps by yeah. throwing the boots into the room to try to throw any sensors. He's sucking on the buttons to keep his saliva going. Like he's he's definitely somebody who's been through these scenarios, these situations before and been able to get out of tight places. Like he and, just has the mind for it. Yes, like that, that, it's like that's what that's all he wants to do is be in this situation. So he's like in his element. Yeah, in his element. And they straight up freaking kill him yeah, right off the like, bat. <laughs> and in a very brutal way as well. Like yeah. he he thinks it's all good. Like he he doesn't actually really have the system. He hasn't been in long enough is from what we can tell and but he has this system and he has like the the building blocks to be this amazing lead character who's like uh he's kind of a kind of a bastard and he's going to be like he'd be hard to deal with. Yeah. In this situation, but you would just follow him because he has that mind. He's known as the Wren for escaping prisons. Yeah. And I like what they went for with this. Like, it is such a big twist that the most compelling character and the one who you you think that you're going to be with throughout the movie and that might be the, the twist, like, evil character or something like that mm-hmm. is just killed off so brutally so quickly. Yeah. I, I like what they went for. The only problem that I have with it is that it leaves a large hole in the group in terms of likability that... I, I struggled coming back from that because I instantly latched on to him yeah, as like the yeah. most compelling of all of them. And yeah. then just 
<laughs> they ripped him away from me. I want yeah. to see more of the Ren. And I think that was like so strategically done because mm-hmm. of like the overall point of the movie, at at least like the the idea that they're portraying. It isn't like this isn't like an action movie where you're gonna like you're gonna have have that awesome guy to follow. Yeah. Like, it's not that type of movie. Yeah, and that's what the, the directors were definitely going for. Um, But it's that, that first, like, big shift that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. And good on them for, like, pulling, ripping the carpet out from under me on that. But the only thing that I will say to that is that I wish the other characters were written a little bit more compellingly that to make up for the gap that he yeah. leaves. The movie starts off with that, like you said, it starts off like with the ground running. They didn't, like what I love is they didn't have like each person going about their day before they get kidnapped or whatever. It's cold open. Yeah, pure cold, like cold as fuck. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) It was cold as ice. Um, An ice cube. (laughs) And and they managed to really keep that tension for the first half of the movie, I would say. Like the first half is one of the most tense films that I've seen in a long time long time and especially this halloween season and i really was hooked on that that first half the premise the characters the tension all all of those came together really well i think the movie kind of struggles a little bit in the middle uh with kind of where to go with each of the characters because at this point in time we have a pretty good idea of how to avoid the traps obviously some of them not it's not like concrete it's not perfect they know they they don't know it yet, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah and they, they that... learn aspects of like how to solve the puzzle that yeah. with the prime numbers, and that's when the yeah. math starts coming in. And that's where we see the math student who thinks she has nothing to offer the group really yeah, become she... a crucial part of the gang. Yeah, like at the beginning, she's so like dejected. She, she doesn't feel like she can help anything. She's just mm-hmm. wants to lay down and give up kind of. And that's where actually Quentin is like, no, you got to keep like keep going like yeah we got this like we'll we'll figure it out so here's the thing is i think that i was supposed to maybe connect with her character the most as the movie progressed and i i think i liked her character the the problem that i had with her character was between the mass solving and like the cool like aspects of that she played like a kind of a bratty teenage girl at yeah. points like some of her dialogue was a little bit cringe to be yeah, honest and, and like that's where like her and like worth is like the backboard for each of the other characters yeah like at, out of the characters we have left like it would have been interesting to keep run in there so that there was a mix i guess but mm-hmm. um yeah like she is kind of flirting with um worth a little bit or he's flirting with her and yeah. she throws it back and then after a while it kind of gets spoiled and she stays like this bratty kid who but she actually doesn't like him at now i don't know i i don't know why directors think that having the bratty teenager in films is appealing like it was that time i think it's it is a 1997 film yeah and it i mean it it still continues like there was yeah. a point in time on the walking dead when carl was like the most hated character on the walking dead right and eventually yeah, yeah. they they figured it out mm. and they wrote him to a really compelling character mm. but i i would say that i would connect those characters and it, it's not like she was always like that because i was really yeah. interested in like her solving the math problems and stuff like that yeah. but it was just kind of between and that's where i started noticing partway through the movie i was like 
I think this do- this movie thinks that it has slightly better dialogue than it does. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, there's certain jokes that, are, like, don't land exactly. Like- yeah, and, and just, I'll kind of compare it to this. The artist Nickelback gets a really bad yeah. rap, <laughs> and part of the reason why they get a really bad rap is because they make generic kind of songs. Like, yeah. uh, there's songs about, like, starting a rebellion, but the whole song is just about starting a rebellion. Like, there's no purpose yeah. behind it, yeah. like, other than that. And so a lot of these characters kind of are, like, have a little bit of, like, fight the man to them, but, yeah. like, it doesn't feel like there's anything, there's any more depth beyond what they're saying yeah. really yeah and i i think it kind of works like if you go really far into like what you think like the purpose like the mm-hmm. what's the like mission statement of this movie what's it trying to make you think about right and i think it works because they're fucking stupid <laughs> Well, and that's that's one interesting piece of this movie is each of the characters having their own theory as to yeah. why the cube exists and and why they're in there. And there's some good debates around that. And this is where we get a very interesting plot point that that Worth provides that I actually I don't think I've ever seen in another movie before is that Worth basically says there is no point. That, yeah, that we're yeah. just here and that this is just some big bureaucratic tool that has been built and there's so many moving parts to it and so many people involved in in it that at some point in time it's lost all purpose and all meaning and we're just here because it's been created yeah. and whoever the designers of it were at this point just want to see it in action yeah and they're not even around the people who originally created it probably like this is theory so we d- we should have started probably with like holloway being like quite conspiratorial yeah she's a doctor she's, but yeah. she's very she's, like she's like it's all the same machine right the pentagon multinational corporations the police if you do one little job you build a widget in saskatoon and the next thing you know it's two miles under the desert the essential component of a death machine i was right all along so she was always conspiracy like into conspiracies so so she actually asked why put people in it and Worth is like, because it's here, you have to use it or you have to admit it's pointless. Mm-hmm. And then Quentin's like, but it is pointless. And then Worth is like, Quentin, that's my point. Oh, that was Quentin and Worth not. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, like it explained, like his theory is the underlying idea of this whole movie, I think. Yeah, that it, it's just kind of meaningless. And this is, and this is where I really started to struggle with the film is, is around this plot or this time because this is where the film feels like it's starting to lose its way a little bit and lose not necessarily the tension that i think the tension holds up fairly well for the most part yeah um but that's when the dialogue i started thinking ah this thing this movie thinks it has more compiling dialogue than it does and i actually bounced off the idea of that like it's really cool that they again that they went for that yeah. but for me personally um being a corporate sellout that i am <laughs> i see this and i go there's no way that so- somebody develops this thing without a purpose or a reason behind it and in addition to that the thing that the biggest point against that is that every character in the movie in the group has a very niche role to play and if if you don't think any one of them does i will make an argument and a case for every single one of them no i i definitely see like 
uh, that's what I was thinking about while watching this was like comparing like who each person is and what they're doing. Yeah. Like what, because there's, there's the human elements Mm -hmm. that are like a heavy focus in this. And there, then there's like philosophical stuff. So I don't know. It it was pretty interesting. Yeah. And uh, just to, I don't know if I brought this up in another movie or discussion or not, but there's this short story called the machine stops it was written in like 1895 or something like that. Okay. It is a thoroughly like harrowing short story of basically this concept of like a corporate world that has advanced so far that it doesn't know how to be human anymore. Right. And that's kind of where we're living in this cube. Like this, that's where worth is like, he knows he's just a cog in the machine and there's no point to the machine anymore. Yeah. And and that's where maybe I I just I didn't connect yeah. with that as much because it just felt too much like there is a purpose and maybe we don't fully understand what the purpose yeah. is. Did you but- ever at one moment think he is the creator and he's just in here to find out like it, like the <laughs> that's, classic that's trope? A, yeah, that's a pretty classic trope. It never actually I'm glad they my didn't. Mind. I'm yeah, like I remember it not being that way, but in yeah. the moment when it like when it was revealed that he did work there, I was like, oh, he's just in here to like, he's part of it, whatever. Yeah, but no, and it's that actually like- leads to a very interesting discussion about how the movie ends, and I don't quite want to get there yet because there's a couple plot points okay. that I want to talk about as we kind of uh, get through things. the The next big plot point that I want to talk to you about is the switch from Quentin being our main protagonist to being our main antagonist. Yeah. I was left a little baffled by his decision to let Holloway the doctor fall. I just didn't feel like I don't know if it I just didn't feel like he had it in him or or if it the build up to it wasn't enough for me to think like this guy is willing to let her drop. Just the way his character is portrayed is like I, I need you all because all of you have a purpose here and all of you can help us get out. And, and the, like, I know they're under a lot of stress and a lot of tension and, and, but right before that, they kind of have that back and forth where they're not in agreement of necessarily like how to push forward and keep everybody motivated. But yes, um, I think that, well, so he's a cop. Yeah. You have to kind of consider his position in the world, mm-hmm. especially potentially in like this future world that we don't have any yep. insight into. But um, like a cop will do anything for his cop buddies. Right. But these people are civilians and he's going to use them as boots for as long as he can. But if he doesn't need the boot anymore, he's going to throw it away, which happens. Yeah. He- I just, it felt like just a little the, too much of a so leap for I, me at that point in time. I, I got it that because he was so it was like he was strung out like he was on coke or something right. like he was he was like all right we got to keep going like we got like grab whatever you have inside you and like use it to keep going and then he just ran out instantly ran out he's like nope that's it like yeah. he ran out completely of his like his humanity and his drive to keep going something like that mm-hmm. so I kind of got it. I I was a little shocked again that he did drop her, but like you could kind of see it in his eyes. Like once he did drop her, I was like, "This was coming, wasn't it?" Yeah, he he did snap at that point, and and things take a very dark turn in his character from there. 
I, I don't want to talk too, too much about a lot of the rest of the plot details. Let's actually talk before I get to the big ending. Let's talk about the math behind everything. Mm, okay. What did you, how did you feel about the use of math within the traps throughout the movie? So there weren't enough traps, I don't think, but like that's just a. But, a, a so I wish we got to see a little bit more of them, but it de- it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, like that. It doesn't really bother me that much. But mm-hmm. uh, with the math, they they did it well enough that it like to someone like the main audience who doesn't really know math well. Right. They portrayed it very well. Two math people, they might be frustrated, but they actually like literally did consult mathematicians for this yes and i'm really excited to talk about the math behind things but in terms of a plot device itself i i was following the the prime numbers and i thought that was really interesting and compelling i think as somebody who does appreciate math i started to get a little bit lost towards the end like i think they took like a really big leap of like how difficult the math became Mm. and and i did a lot of research into astronomical yeah the prime (laughs) permutations or the prime factorials yeah, Yeah. yeah and and that's actually a really complicated math not theory but like concept concept to understand yeah Yeah, and and so when i was watching the film that last bit when they started to get into the more complex stuff that started to actually lose me a little bit because Mm. uh, i i wasn't following things as much as i had been before and so i kind of like i almost wish they had kept things like not as complex as they did i understand from a plot aspect because that's when kazan becomes really important and we learn about how he's a savant and and understands things uh so so deeply and he's he's a computer yeah he's a, yeah he's essentially human a human computer. computer rain man pull up, like yeah the twist yeah yeah and and that twist was done actually relatively well i did like that but the, there is something about like in a movie, I want to understand the mystery, and by the end, I want to like have understood the the mystery and and followed everything through. And I think I got lost maybe in the details of Did the you, math a little like, bit. Like get the like Cartesian coordinates and stuff like that. Like how she switched from prime numbers to oh, this is Cartesian. Like you're like I have to put this on an axis. And yeah, and that stuff I I didn't follow that as as well either. Like I understood that maybe there's a way to do that and calculate that but it's it it was so complicated and because things are moving again kind of at a a reasonable pace again at that point in time that like i didn't have time to think about it enough um and then we get to the end and i think that this is going to be a maybe a bit of a polarizing ending for some audiences because the way the film ends is almost somewhat ambiguous um it is the only character to survive is kazan who makes it out of the cube and kazan makes it out and then it ends like cut they they cut quentin in half too yeah the, and without the, showing it but which the, was cool but yeah the way that the the whole like end part went down was really exciting but i i was left wanting more yeah um and i don't know if that was in a good way like i don't know if i if I was happy about the the conclusion, I don't know if it was satisfying yeah. enough. And so, three of them at least could have survived that. They could like the only reason that uh, Worth and uh, Levin hmm. 
died was because Worth was like, well, there's the exit. This is stupid. And then he just sits down. And yeah. then, so that wastes the precious time that they have to just walk outside. So I'm actually not even necessarily upset about that. Like, I'm okay with the character of Kazan being the only one to escape. Yeah. The only... So here's the problem that I have with uh, this point in time in the film. And and at th- at this point, you may be understanding like where my, my review of this is probably going. Understanding. But, That's yeah. a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have six more by the yeah, end of this yeah. one. But so here's, here's what the what I want in a satisfying conclusion to um, a film that has a lot of mysterious, mysterious elements to it is like, I, I want some answers to the mystery. You don't have to give me everything like yeah. just, just a little bit of closure. And with the way things ended so coldly, if you can end a movie with some ambiguity, if you leave the audience with a little bit to think about and to, and to like, yeah, and- yeah like the, the question should be like, does he or doesn't he like well it kind of does he or doesn't he survive is he or isn't he out right so they but did what's leave outside you of that. the cube and 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 like what's actually going on like just a little kernel um would yeah. have been nice too yeah like so so here's my proposed ending because i i okay. did a lot of thinking about this mm-hmm. is i actually think there's one of two ways that i could see it going and there was a third that you kind of mentioned before that i wanted to bring back um is one i could see i i really like the fact that kazan comes out because let's say that this is a military operation and kazan is the only character to come out and the military wanting to research and and do whatever like it whatever research they're doing can't even communicate with this guy because he's so mentally frail and and the trauma of everything that he'd been through there's no way he'd be able to give them anything and i think that would have been a really cool ending to see is just the the people running it alternatively what I could see is more proof of Worth's uh, theory that yeah, there's really no. That's where I was to gonna anything. say. I was gonna say I just like if all they did was have like some kind of transition where like he exits and then just like one more email gets added to on an office computer in a beige office. Like it's just like they have three three thousand five hundred and sixty two emails, and then there's just like one little boop. Yeah. And that's it. And like there like then you think like there's 3000 other uh, or like they could pick a number like 666 or something to the, there's other ones like it and just like everybody's in there or they're in an office something like that maybe. I don't exactly. Know. Just a little bit to make you think at the yeah, end of the yeah. film. Like I think I think there's a few different directions so you could have taken. They things. they did like they did have something for that ending. Mm-hmm. They they wrote it and shot it and everything. That was the first thing they cut. Yeah, but maybe they just didn't have that like exact one, and it wasn't good the way they described it, and it ended flat or something. I don't know. Yeah, that that's actually something that when we get into effects and filming here, that I I read as well, and I couldn't find like the director uh, stating what the alternative ending was specifically, but I was really interested to know what that original idea was and that why it got mm. cut so quickly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think you're right. Like maybe it wasn't as compelling of an idea of as what you and i have 
come up with since. I feel like I could go into so many theories. With this. What I do love about this movie is the concept and the world. Like the, There is some world building, not really outside. It's just within yeah. the minds of like these people and their society. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it, it, it makes you think. Yeah, it does. And, and, my my favorite aspects of the film are the tension and the setting itself. Not only mm. is the idea of a labyrinth of cubes really compelling, filled with traps. And they're moving, as and, you find yeah. out eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the aesthetic of it is beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. And the way that they take the different colored rooms and, and utilize those, and they even utilize them a little bit in the storytelling as well. Like, each room... The way things shake out plot-wise is actually uh, a little bit relevant to what room they're going through. A lot of the uh, dialogue-heavy rooms were actually in red, and some of the other moments are in some of the other colors. So let's move into effects and filming, maybe. So, like you kind of said, there's the, the cut with the end part of the film. But if we back up to the original draft of what Cube was uh, originally meant to be, is it had a more comedic tone. Hmm. Um, they, they were thinking about using a little bit more surreal imagery. They were planning on using having a cannibal of subplot in, oh, okay. in the yeah, film. Yeah. That um, would make sense. I thought about that at a certain point. Because yeah. they don't have water. They don't have food. Yeah, exactly. Cannibalism. How else are you going to survive? And especially yeah. if a character like Quentin is push to the edge yeah. what what how long of a jump is it from dropping a woman who is maybe one of your ways to salvation to starting to eat some of your fellow uh inmates yeah they also at one point thought of the idea of edible moss growing on the walls so that the characters could eat but they decided to take that out to make it more urgent that they escape yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i was kind of disappointed that there wasn't like bones like old dead people like they find one room with like five people in it just like them mm-hmm. and they're like oh fuck this has been going on for like decades and the the final like aspect that didn't get added to the movie was they had an idea of having a monster roaming the cube i i don't know if mm. that was necessarily needed because the idea of having the characters turn on each other was was yeah. probably compelling enough yeah the film itself, like we talked about, is a Canadian film. The special effects, like this is a very, very small budget film, like yeah. under a million dollars significantly. And that's a million dollars Canadian, so well under a million dollars US. And part of the reason why the budget was kept so small is because there was a special effects company called Core that decided to actually do the digital effects for free for them. Oh um, yeah, yeah, in I did support see that. of the Toronto film industry. Yeah. So they they got a pretty good deal and the effects are actually pretty well done for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. Is for that time and that budget very well done. Yeah, like this is that time period where CGI is not great and there's a lot of films using the CGI crutch to mm-hmm. make compelling scenes yeah. uh like some of the scenes that we saw in there but their their use of of the effects that they did use were really well done i really enjoyed that aspect of the film as well so let's let's talk the math a little bit so the the consultant that they used was the mathematician uh david pravica um who was brought on as math consultant so they talk about this in the movie um how there's over 17,000 cubicle rooms within the larger yeah. cube labyrinth and i did the math on this afterwards cuz i was like wow that's that's a big number and if you actually do the math on a cube that is 26 cubes 
tall by yeah. 26 cubes wide by 26 cubes in length you actually do come to 17,000 which mm-hmm. is it's really mind boggling to think about that many rooms in yeah. this in this maze but when when you go from one side to the other in 26 rooms it actually it, it's kind of small yeah like it's it, not that yeah because it seemed like they're like maybe a 10 by 10 by 10 room yeah exactly uh they're 12 by 12 by 12 might be uh, about five meters 15 feet just just okay. under five meters yeah, yeah. In, in size each room so the whole shell would have been about 130 meters 434 feet so that's not even like yeah like it's not like it's kilometers but you yeah but but the way everything's moving inside means mm-hmm. that you're traveling for like a long time yeah and if you end up in a room that does move while you're in it you're you're completely resetting where you think you are yeah, within the yeah. cube right and that's where like explaining the coordinates of the rooms i i don't think i can do it i don't know if you if you could even explain them but that's that's one no, of those things that like that, you have to suspend disbelief there because it's there, there was a way about doing it like the way that they do it is actually legit it's based on what their math consultant provided them with it's just for for the layman it's it's really hard to understand yeah, and yeah. follow and there and there, there was even a way to calculate it like there like he had actually built in a way to calculate where the room was in relation to where they were at the time they were in the cube like mm. because the whole everything moving actually like mathematically did work like it's kind of it's kind of mind-boggling that yeah. somebody came up with this I, yeah like i really don't see how like Basically, with math, my understanding is like a lot, like half the time when you're like coming up with something new, you're mm-hmm. picking an outcome that you want to happen and then proving it. And right. if that does show you something, then like you have to extrapolate that meaning. So I think, yeah, his his math kind of made sense, but there's no point to it. Yeah. And that that is like, it's not like a Rubik's Cube. It's not a 17,000 right. square Rubik's Cube, which like... Even then, like you can do the math on Rubik's, Rubik's cubes and everything. They've done like everybody who does them knows it kind of. Yeah. But yeah, just trying to grasp that on that scale, I don't know like why why it made sense. I don't understand why it made sense. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I I agree. They only saw I don't know like fifty rooms. If we're yeah, we, we probably saw like a half of that like or yeah pro- well yeah like we don't see every room that they go yeah. into but um how did it make sense that they moved back mm-hmm. they would have had to go through so many permutations that it doesn't make sense it's it's really hard to follow and that's one of those things where you kind of do just have to trust that the movie knows yeah. better than you and that's maybe where as an audience as a general audience goer like that that's I, easy to do you yeah. can just imagine yeah, yeah like you just let that happen for me yeah. like i struggled with it a little bit more yeah. but that's just the way that i am in my and we're like my dissecting a movie a little bit more yeah. yeah exactly i i love the the way that they built the set for this because yeah. they really only had one cube that everybody was in the whole time and they just lit it differently yeah and yeah. so they used like sliding panels to light the um different rooms mm. and they actually it, it was a big time commitment to actually change all the colors on on the cube oh, so okay. so they actually filmed the way they filmed it was by different colors so they started with all of the red rooms which are all the dialogue heavy rooms so the actors mm. actually 
a didn't struggled a little bit with that because um, yeah, they don't know where they are in their like emotions and everything yet. Well, yeah, a little bit that, but also there's something about being in those red rooms too. Yeah, and yeah. Being like that color kind of messes with your mind a little yeah. bit. And like and, if you're slightly claustrophobic, and then you add in that color element, and and how many hours they spent in those yeah. rooms doing those dialogue, like the heavy dialogue stuff. So they were very happy to move into like the white room scenes mm. in in contrast to that. Last piece, like the way that they actually presented the other rooms was they had one partial cube that was basically just like almost one panel. And so wherever your perspective was, like if you were in the new room looking back at them, we would see the the panel behind them essentially. It's really yeah, yeah. well done yeah. um, micro budget filmmaking. Yeah. I really appreciated yeah. those aspects of it. And that's where like, yeah, like that is not something that anybody's going to complain about like inconsistencies in the set like that no. was it was a perfect set for this movie like they they nailed that yeah and just just even like the look of it was really well done like and like you feel the like claustrophobia a little bit like as the scenes yeah, are going yeah because it's filmed yeah. within like the square itself yeah, and yeah. and you feel like you're there the way it's it's mm. filmed like and and those rooms really don't feel large for the most part there's there's some framing devices that they use that almost make some of the rooms feel bigger than others but at the end of the day like when you see all five characters of our main group together in the room like you can tell that there's, there's there's not a lot of space between anybody mm. and that would definitely play with people's emotions as well both like on set but also in the plot of the film yeah um oh i actually uh i had one other thing that i want to talk about for effects and filming is uh it's actually the first draft of the script i was i should have mentioned this earlier when i was talking about this so all of the characters originally had the backstory of being an accountant in the first draft of the script. Oh. And I say, bring back the accountant yeah. <laughs> uh, version, damn it. Oh, that would be funny. I think that that's where it would have been that more like comedic tone yeah. um, of all the accountants because all of them would have been trying to figure out this math problem together. Yeah. Um, they all would have had like... They wouldn't have been funny themselves, like yeah, but yeah, just the situational ex- and like reactions and things. Because yeah. it's almost like, uh, like the I forget. There's like a thought experiment. How many monkeys does it take? Like, if you have infinite monkeys and infinite typewriters, one of them will eventually get the um, will write like a Shakespeare sonnet. Yeah, or or the whole shakespeare works or whatever if they're just mashing keys it's almost like that if you think about like having just accountants so then that kind of would create this whole world where there's accountants that worked in the who helped create it like worth just office workers and then there's the people inside so it's kind of like a cycle everybody's an accountant that would be hilarious yeah i think it would actually be really funny i like what they did uh in the end with all the characters having a very relevant component to why they're there or why their skills are necessary for the group to succeed however i just i found that aspect was in conflict with the the idea that the cube was meaningless yeah um and that's that's maybe where i had that conflicting argument in my head is i wanted to like one or the other but i couldn't like both of them together Mm. that's where like the the philosophical side of this is what i think helped create this um like cult phenomena around this movie Mm -hmm. because you can like think of so many different layers to like absurdism and um 
existentialism, things like that, because I'm my mind is constantly running whenever I like since I've watched this thinking about like oh what if the cube like what if they're all dead and they're all questioning what happens after life right and they're like and worth is like it's pointless there's nothing and like uh quentin's trying to hold on to his family but they're not there so like yeah there's so many layers that like your mind is going to create on top of this yeah like and maybe that's where the ambiguity does uh a a service to the film is that mm. you can think of those other aspects so Kazan is Jesus and <laughs> I'm just <laughs> who's Buddha and, well he's uh he's the white light ah uh, okay yeah <laughs> Let's talk score really briefly. I don't think you and I had a whole lot to talk about here. The just I don't, the, the sound effects more so than score were yeah, well done. It was very atmospheric. It helped with the feeling of the tension throughout the film. Like I, I was very tense throughout the film. Yeah. Um. The one, the one small note that I wanted to make was actually that the set was actually very close to a train line so they actually incorporated the noise of the train the trains going by was actually oh. the, the sound of the cubes moving that's perfect uh yeah it was really <laughs> really good use of uh their surroundings there let's talk the legacy of the film the film was kind of a bit of a failure in canada to be honest when it first came out which, i felt that when i watched it <laughs> yeah and and part of the reason for that was just the marketing was not successful in canada like the the studio didn't really market it very well yeah yeah um, i read that but it it actually found its footing in in other uh Parts audiences of the world. yeah so which is really cool like uh for example in france in 1997 it was the second highest grossing summer film in france the year it came out very very popular yeah over like there. one one producer like one guy at the film companies in um france was just like this is actually really good yeah and like yeah he marketed it i think himself like he 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 brought it there and marketed it released it kind of himself Hmm. Sort of. I don't know exactly the business side of that, but yeah, and and then in the Japanese market, it became the top video rental in the nineties. Yeah, and and the reason why it was thought of to become so popular is one of the writers, Graham Manson, actually had the idea that Japanese people have an understanding of living in very confined spaces like if you think about the japanese tokyo lifestyle specifically that it might resonate better with the japanese audiences who really like understand maybe some of the metaphors that the the film is trying to convey about people Mm. trapped together in these tight situations and i know it's not japanese but the parasite that has some like that has some connections i think like the similar mentality yeah, and an that, understanding, yeah. And that's kind of where I think that if uh, the film had maybe gone even more of a route towards classism and talking about that cuz mm. there's there's so many little straws that I I want to that I almost wish the film grasped at that a little bit more yeah. like the platform does a really good job about having a social commentary and talking about classism and same with Parasite. And I think that that was almost there with this one, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like almost everybody was similar class except for like Kazan. Like there there were all fairly successful like like middle middle road or like middle class people mm-hmm. like the doctor 
she might not but, like, but yeah. she didn't agree with like the cop and and yeah. what he was doing and the cop didn't feel like she was grateful yeah. for his role in society yeah, exactly and, and all of those aspects as well but at this point now so pretty popular movie in ja- japan pretty popular movie in france uh, eventually developed a cult following uh, maybe even internationally and and we're gonna see as we get into our sequels prequels and reboots that there are a number of films that actually come come out of this first film to very varying uh reception hmm. <laughs> um, that's fair which we'll talk about later we'll talk about later i i actually want to talk about my personal review and the partner factor before i talk about some of those and i have hmm. a reason for that but we'll, we'll get to that after do you want to start with your review first yeah um it's a complicated one this one i think it's good i understand the cult following like i i, I appreciate what's good about it hmm. i don't like certain things but they're not that bad compared to like other movies where i'm like screaming at the tv screen yeah. like i was never like angry at Like, I was never going to turn this off just because they made, like, one little mistake or anything. Like, the dialogue was a little bit campy. Like, it was a little plain. Like, things were ham-fisted. And I think that's where, like, if they just had a little bit bigger of a budget, more time, like, maybe they, like, originally made it at a different point in Mm -hmm. their, like... In in the direct yeah Yeah. Then, like, maybe the writing would have been better. But, like, for what it is, it's solid good yeah it's good that's that's like i'm there's pro it averages to good i think is what i have to say okay and so here here's where i i'm very similar to you like there's a lot that i really grabbed onto like i started off really high on this film and my opinion actually changed as i watched it like the first 30 minutes of this are excellent the, yeah. the tension is so great that cold opener with seeing yeah. nothing prior to the cube and the crazy death scene of that first character and the, yeah. the opening moments there's just there's so much even the the premise is fantastic it's such it's it's such a great idea mm-hmm. and then part way through like i don't know where exactly it just started to feel like it was running out of steam for me and i think that where i landed on it is i think that this would have worked out better if it was a bit tighter and and it was maybe in more of like a black mary anthology series where it was Mm. like 45 to an hour long i think i think you could cut this down a little bit more and make it very very tight and so for me as a feature-length film it felt a little too stretched so here's the thing is i i don't know if i can give this a strong recommendation or that i really enjoyed it but on the flip side i don't think that i can criticize fans of the film because i think that there's enough components of this that i think there's some people who are really going to love this and and in fact on that note mike obviously isn't here to record this episode with us but he did end up watching the movie before uh we recorded this and he actually really really liked the film overall mm. uh he said that he really liked the twist of quentin becoming our hero to the bad guy uh, yeah. in the film he really really liked the character of worth and he has a bit of a redemption arc as as kind of the the character of who's so pessimistic that he doesn't even care to help the group kind of thing. He really liked the ambigu- 
ambiguity throughout the film how we never really understand what's going on yeah or even how the movie ends like how we don't get answers so i i think that there are going to be certain people that really enjoy all of these pieces and so it's going to be maybe divisive but at the same time like i couldn't knock anybody for enjoying this because i saw the aspects of the film that i enjoyed and not everything was for me and that that that's okay um not every film has to be specifically for me yeah yeah like if you like you can ignore certain things and really enjoy yourself or yeah. you can hone or, in on certain things and not like it. Well, and certain things might be certain things detracted uh, from the movie for me. And uh, to Mike, it was actually a benefit to his yeah, watching yeah, and his yeah. experience. So this is, this is a, maybe the most subjective movie we've ever done on the podcast. Like uh, I think you're either going to love it or be pretty lukewarm <clears throat> on it. So it's kind of an interesting one. Now, here's it's, the other it thing. It would be hard to hate. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't, I want to say that like if he, Mike was here, we might be able to get him convinced that he doesn't love, love it. Like he would probably say like, I, I loved so many things about it, yeah. but it, like I, it can't be, it's not like a nine or 10 or something like that. No, for and him. I don't think he would have given that no, either, yeah. but, um, but like for but what it really is, enjoy a yeah. movie without oh, yeah. having to oh, think it's good. Like I, for example, this is a very common one is the movie Roadhouse is not a, Good movie. Good movie. Yeah, yeah. But it is so fun. Yeah. It is the it is one of the most entertaining films that but you can see. See, that's the thing, because this doesn't have that exact thing. Like Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the only other thing that I want to <clears throat> say before we kind of get out of our personal reviews is I I do want to consider that you and I might be a little bit biased on this one. Because I was thinking about this as well, and and let's look at the list of movies that I've recently watched. I've watched The Titanic, I've watched Network, I rewatched The Conjuring recently, uh, some of those other big classic horror films, and this movie is going to hold the candle to it, and that's okay, because the budget couldn't even, like... This budget is so small, yeah. you couldn't even pay one of the main characters so te- any of those movies. Technically, if you were to like average the how good it was to how much the budget was, this is over the top amazing. Yeah, like so. And, yeah, and you know what? If you're a fan of micro budget films, you're gonna absolutely oh, yeah, love this yeah. one. Like, um, oh man, paranormal do... activity or something like that. Yeah. Like, we have to watch Primer. Yeah, that's, I, that's on the list. Okay. I added it to our list. Okay, good. Because again, like, um, micro budget movies that is that takes the cake Mm. if they if this if this movie had those writers yeah that would have been is that a cronenberg no oh okay i did add it to our list though for sure okay Uh, i was looking at that maybe even today (laughs) this is like two guys that made a time travel movie in like i think the budget was like seventeen thousand dollars cool so I'm just going to go through, again, the names. Like, names have been always pretty, like, cool for me and, uh, like, why people are named certain things in film. But you found more information on this <laughs> because you knew that I would like it. So, and I was trying to find it, but I didn't find, like, an exact rundown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yours is pretty solid, so I'm going to go through that a little bit. Uh, so everybody is named after a prison in this. Levin and Worth combined to the, create the federal prison in the U.S., Leavenworth Prison, which has a rigid set of rules and corporately built and owned. So that is kind of like, it makes sense why the characters were the way they were a little bit when compared to that prison. And then mm-hmm. Wren's is named after Wren's 
prison or centre penitentiaire Rennes, which is the only woman prison in France. It's a pioneer in prison policies. So I guess like he is kind of like a pioneer in figuring out how to escape. Exactly. So they had to create all these policies potentially. Yeah. Something like that. Quentin is obviously San Quentin State Prison in California, which is very brutal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Holloway could be in reference to Her Majesty Prisons Holloway in England. Again, a woman-only prison, largest in the UK. And then Kazan f- is a famous Russian prison known for like mental illness. Yeah. Uh, or is it a mental illness prison? I I don't know. I, I, didn't, I, I don't know if I saw. Yeah, it was hard. That. It was hard to find information about Kazan Prison a little bit. I think the connections are loosely there. It wasn't like I think they may have was, picked like some of the top prisons, and then they're like, oh, "How does this fit each character? Like, how can I fit these characters to the prison names?" I don't think it was like super central and super thought out, but it kind of was. Yeah, it was. It's enough interesting backstory to yeah. the idea behind the characters and as the director of the film you can maybe give that backstory to the character like this is what we've based your character off of um if you're interested in going back and and kind of reading the history behind this you'll kind of maybe get an understanding of of why i named you after that prison so we've gone through all of our reviews i save sequels prequels and reboots to the end because as i kind of mentioned to you before I did a little bit of extracurricular uh, work <laughs> on this this episode. So the idea behind the original movie Cube is actually from the Twilight Zone. And specifically, there's a episode called Five Characters in Search of an Exit that came out in 1961. <laughs> and so I was reading about that and... I ended up finding it online. An oh, no way. It, and it was like 26 minutes. So I was like, ah, I got time. I'll watch it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved I've, the- I've tried to get in, like, I've tried to find somewhere to watch, like, all of the Twilight Zone. Did you mm-hmm. find somewhere or just YouTube or what? Uh, I just found it, like, streaming online. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, the Twilight Zone isn't streaming anywhere currently, unfortunately. So, yeah, you, you'll you just have to find online. It's an old TV series. You're going to find the episodes that you want uh, probably relatively easily. It was really an interesting concept. As I said, there were five characters. The main character was a military general, and then we had a clown, a ballerina, a hobo, mm. and a musician. And so the musician or, or the uh, military general wakes up and basically like a cylinder and so all of these people have been stuck in this cylinder for who knows how long none of them remembers their name anything like behind them their backstory anything Hmm. at all it's way more comedic than cube and uh, part of it's just the way that the clown portrays his character i really really liked that Hmm. portrayal of the clown um and so the everybody in this uh, cylinder is kind of given up even though they can see above them that there's an exit they mm. just can't get to it because of how high up it is yeah so the general comes up with a plan to get out and i almost don't want to spoil the ending necessarily because the ending is very black mirror-esque almost to it it's even more of a twist than black mirror because black mirror is usually like a, a social commentary kind of ending whereas this one's like a very sci-fi kind of oh, okay, twist nice. i really really enjoyed it I'm, I'm debating whether or not i should spoil it on here it's i mean it's like 60 years old at this point so yeah but nobody's like this 
we could make a whole podcast, I bet, just about the Twilight Zone and why people should watch it. Yeah, once we start watching it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, I love sci-fi. Yeah, and me so too. That I would, I would absolutely yeah. be, dig that. But maybe I'll leave it uh, open-ended. I'll, I'll say that. It's definitely worth your time. It's only 26 mm. minutes. It tells a very close story and it's very well done. I really enjoyed the twist at the end. I might tell you about it after if you're not going to watch it, but yes, I, I won't say any good. more than that. So I watched that and then I was reading about the sequels to the Cube movie. So there are two sequels to the movie. There's Cube 2 Hypercube, which followed a couple years after and then the last in the original series was called Cube Zero, which is actually a prequel to uh, oh. the original Cube. Uh, and then after that, actually in 2020 or 2021, there's a Cube remake out in Japan, oh. uh, which got very bad reviews. I think this would make a good show. I I don't know if I agree. I think that it makes a good anthology episode like the Twilight Zone or Black Yeah, Mirror. yeah. But as we were talking about before, I watch a lot of movies in October mm. and I am a big fan of horror movies. And even though I didn't love the original Cube, yeah. I there's something in me that just wanted to watch more. <laughs> so I watched Cube 2, Hypercube. Um, and I think I liked it better than the first movie. Wow. It has a terrible rating online. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it's got like a 5.6 rating Shit. on online. It's got very different flaws than the first movie. So okay. I would say Cube is like, it's a very self-contained horror sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, whereas Cube 2 Hypercube is a sci-fi thriller. Um, mm. There's still some horror elements to it. It's got its, like I said, it has its issues. This movie really flounders in the middle. Like there's there's a 20 minute point in the movie uh, that I could cut out and yeah. it would not have changed the plot at <laughs> all. And it has terrible CGI. Like, oh uh, yeah, so it's, it would bad. be at that time. So that makes sense. bad. It yeah. looked, and as well, it looks awful compared to the first movie. The first movie, the aesthetic was one of my yeah, favorite yeah. things. The different color rooms. Cube two is all in white rooms and this mm. like bright like hospital lighting kind of thing it looks like i said it just looks bad but i thought this story and the dialogue was more interesting the story of cube 2 is that they've created a new cube and the new cube is actually a cube that they've basically created in time and space and so rooms move around more differently like oh, you could, okay so there's very, yeah, yeah. very at the beginning of the cube there's a character who opens the door and like the the one guy like tries to go after him yeah and then he closes the door and then he's behind them in the other door yeah, and then he's yeah. above them and then and there's like there's moments like that there's moments where time cool. moves differently within okay. the cube and and the traps are much more intricate and like I said, the dialogue was more interesting between the characters and I'm a big sucker for sci-fi. And this was like, this was like guilty pleasure sci-fi. Yeah, like yeah. overall, do I think it's like a great movie? No, but I enjoyed the sci-fi enough and I recognized that it, it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed the sci-fi yeah, yeah. so, so much. So that's more like Roadhouse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the ending, I, I really enjoyed the ending as well. It, mm. uh, 
it ends outside of the cube with a much more uh, cut and dry ending than the first one. Okay. And I, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I would uh, check that out. Yeah, it sounds um, good then. I, I read online some of the reviews afterwards, and people hated this. And <laughs> and for a lot of the reasons that I kind of mentioned, like the stuff that is bad about the movie, the like flaws the in the film. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and, and other people just kind of thinking that the movie kind of goes against the... Uh, the spirit of the original and mm. it, it does in a way but for me it appealed to my senses a little bit more and i i'll probably randomly end up watching cube 2 at some point again because yeah. i like the junk sci-fi <laughs> in it like it's junk food it's junk yeah, food yeah. sci-fi it's it's something that i know i shouldn't be watching that i don't need it but i have to watch it anyway so that's that's my review of cube 2 really enjoyed it awesome and then i watched cube zero and it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> in every respect? In every respect. <laughs> it's, again, a very different tone than Cube and Cube 2, whereas it feels like a d- drama that's very gory. So Cube 2 actually spends the first half of the movie outside of the cube. Oh, um, And wow. it's two people who are tasked with... Two or three. Two. It's two okay, people. Okay, you're talking. Who, sorry, cube two or cube three? Cube are you, three. Cube, yeah. Okay, because you cube said cube, you said cube two. Oh. Okay, so cube zero. Cube zero starts outside. The, yes, it starts outside the cube with two individuals who are tasked with keeping track of the people who are in the cube, and mm. it gives a fills in a lot of the backstory behind that. Yeah. It's very campy almost, but not quite campy because there's there's an appeal to camp that. I'm, I enjoy it as much as the next person, yeah. but I almost, maybe it's more schlocky than campy. Like it feels like cheaply made and it feels mm. like the, the dialogue just didn't hit as well. It, and it explains a lot. And I think that if you're a big fan of the first and the amb- ambiguity of the first, you're going to really hate the explanations <laughs> for the cube and why does yeah, it explains yeah. everything. Like, yeah, go, you don't want that. It, it goes into why, like why they designed the cube a little bit, not pretty ambiguous on that, but they go into like what happens if you make it out of the cube. It goes into like how you get in the cube and all of these different so I'm never going to watch this then. How do you get out? Like, what were the, what was their explanation for, like, what happens when you get out? They, basically, you end up in a room where they chain you, and then they ask you a couple of questions. They ask you if you remember your your full name, which uh, the, the person in it didn't. Mm. And then they asked you if you believe in God. And it was a yes or no answer. And basically, he said, no, how can I after this experience? And so he clicks the button that says no, and they burn him alive. And then so the other character, the one character looks at the other character and says, how can you do this? He's like, do you even know what the yes button does? And the guy goes, no. And he goes, how have you never thought to press it before? And he said, and the guy said, well, nobody's ever said yes to that question before. And it's just like so uh, lame. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, just every aspect of it, I was like, this is just so like not for me it was it was just so poorly made yeah um and uh and like i said like the appeal of the cube is that we're that cold you're, opening of us being stuck yeah, in there and, and you're trying to anything. think about like you you have this image in your head that's getting built over the course yeah. of the movie and then you kind of keep expanding it and enjoying that process more yeah. i think that's why we would like it and maybe like someone like kelvin might not because yeah. he might not be into like that world building on his own kind of thing. Yeah. So how did people end up in the cube? 
in um, in this explanation because it's I I don't think it's canon at this point. I I, I don't want to <laughs> believe it. They're basically just like prisoners. Like it's just, just prisoners. It's, it's it's a big experiment for. Uh, so so part of the cube too is that we learn that everybody in uh, the hypercube has a connection to either the government or a weapons manufacturer, uh, and okay. so and and that's it. That's all the information you know about. It. It's kept very ambiguous uh, as well. Ambiguous, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I really enjoyed that aspect because it was it was enough of an explanation to keep me like interested, but not too much exposition to like like the cube zero one did and. We find out that like everybody's there for like uh, as a prisoner. Basically, you either you either decide whether a you want the death penalty or b you want to go into the cube, and you're not given any more information than that. So, so here's the thing with Cube Zero, is it's basically the platform done horribly like yeah completely skip cube zero and watch the platform instead if you have any interest in it at all because the cube zero was kind of like the original formulation of a lot of the ideas that the platform has and they just were they were not executed well and i i did not like cube <laughs> zero at all. it was so bad. doesn't sound like it's worth even they should just scrap it probably i don't know like it just it really wasn't for me mm. and it was really weird like reading some of the the reviews online it's very divisive in the sense that like some people were like oh this feels like more of a return to the ideas of the first cube because some people really hated the explanations in the second cube. yeah yeah but i appreciated that in the second cube and so yeah it's it's really uh, yeah I i don't know i like sometimes Again, this is where it comes back to like we don't need every explanation all the time, and sometimes the explanations actually make the things worse. Yeah, things worse, and and this is definitely the case where everything is worse because of Cube Zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think it could be a series, and like kind of like the um the like in that those chapters in the Stand in uh like Stephen King's The Stand where uh-huh. you just see random people's experience in the situation Mm. like i want to see like different episodes where there are completely different groups of people and they experience different things like i think they can make let's say it is just an experiment or i don't i don't know what they could do exactly but i could see like each episode being a different set of people yeah well and that's where or spread it out and have like following like sep- like let's say six groups of people yeah. and you kind of s- follow their stories along and see what happens well and that's where cube zero actually does attempt to go however yeah. i think the purpose behind that is more the fact that cube zero is just trying to throw as many ideas at the wall as possible yeah. and seeing what sticks mm. versus really like going well after out. yeah and going after like a story like yeah. there's just so many elements to it like at one point one of the characters says well you know you people who are watching it like one of the like higher ups is like you're part of the experiment too and we're seeing how you react to all of this and yeah, like yeah. there's so many little throw out stuff there it's yeah. like they're just literally trying to throw seeing what sticks yeah. basically and it's nothing. The answer was nothing stuck. I really hated Cube Zero. That's funny. <laughs> but I'm a weirdo and I'm like one of the only people that liked Cube too. So that's, uh, yeah, I I think that's it. For that's the, the Cube. That's, that's, that's cube. 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 Yeah. 
I I kind of wish Mike was here to defend it a little bit yeah, more than yeah. you and I did, but oh well, just not for me. So, so upcoming. I, I did really like Ren, and like he's like his line, and then his death was yeah. awesome. It was it was great, and unfortunately a little frustrating for me at the same time because, yeah, like yeah. I said, there wasn't enough compelling characters following that yeah. to carry the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah, like, and like some of the jokes and stuff just kind of sucked. Yeah, like this. This is the thing: is I want, I want one satisfying component to a movie. I want either compelling dialogue. I want a, a mystery that's interesting, but by the end felt solvable for me, and that's something that I can go back to and be like, okay, I'm seeing how all of the pieces yeah. fall into place here. I want a a good non-ambiguous like i just wish that it hit one of those aspects yeah, right like, and it just didn't hit any of them enough that it was like a shallow ambiguity and you wanted like a deeper ambiguity if there is going to be any ambiguity yeah ambiguity man saying that word as much as we have this episode yeah yeah it's it's lost all like meaning <laughs> it's become ambiguous it's become ambiguous <laughs> itself have we are we in the cube right now? <laughs> I think we are. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't hear from us uh, by the next episode, then we probably killed each other within the cube. Yeah. I might be the one who survives. <laughs> uh, sure. It even, Cube Zero even explains why Kazan was mentally disabled. And oh, it, uh, it, it like gives him, like, he got hit in the head or something. And then, no, he, it's just like the he was actually intelligent before in the military or whoever oh, took away. Him up. Yeah, they like, they like brain scrambled him uh, so that, uh, that uh, is brutal. Yeah, so that he couldn't fully solve it himself. Because that's that's how the Cube Zero ends. Spoilers. Nobody, I, I, unless you like love Cube, and you want to watch, you might be spoiling this for Mike. So yeah, tell him not to listen to that. (laughs) Well, I'm saying spoilers right now. But and you you said you didn't, you weren't going to watch it yourself. So that's why we spoiled it. But it ends with the character who was observing everyone who actually goes into the cube mm-hmm. to try to save the people in there it ends with them basically scrambling his brain and sending them in there and then he says the dialogue that Kazan says of like oh we're in the green room and I like the blue room we should go back to the blue room and then he starts like pounding his head off uh. the wall and so it's like that and so it's like it's just like one of one more explanation that I didn't need yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's and, and that's hard I like I understand that's hard in, in filmmaking to decide what what do the audience need and what does the yeah, audience not yeah. need but in in the case of cube zero it's uh the timeline in which uh they chose everything wrong okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious okay let's finish this yeah so upcoming the next episode is going to be a war movie and i think mike and i are going to tackle the movie platoon which i'm very excited about Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed our episode. And maybe we'll be back. Maybe we won't. Yeah, um, we could really upset some Cube cult followers. Uh, and again, I can't fault you for enjoying this movie. I just did yeah. myself. So thanks. And we'll see you next time for Platoon, which I'm really excited about. And I said it really weird. Yeah, Platoon. Platoon. <laughs> I hope you like Platoons. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>